there are those who believe that life here began out there, far across the universe, with tribes of humans who may have been the forefathers of the Egyptians, or the Toltecs, or the Mayans, that they may have been the architects of the Great Pyramids, or the lost civilizations of Lemuria, or Atlantis. Some believe that there may yet be brothers of man who even now fight to survive somewhere beyond the heavens. Welcome to episode 17 of Nerdstalking. I'm Bill, and with me is Chad. I am Chad. And Ross. I'm not Chad. No, you are not. So tonight we're um, running through a few different topics. Nothing uh, really set up for the episode, but uh, Chad, you wanted to well, start I'm us set off. up. Okay, let's hear you. <laughs> it's the Chad episode. Okay, everybody. so we all, we've all seen Star Wars. Yes. Right? Which movie is that again? Star Wars. It was the... the one with Apollo and Starbuck? We watched the original three movies. There was a story arc. Lucas said that he had this all figured out ahead of time. He had had the backstory. He had the whole Anakin Skywalker bit figured yeah. out, right? Yeah. Oh, bullshit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then he he prepared and delivered three steaming turds of film <laughs> episodes one, two, and three with this bullshit story where it sort of dismantled everything we loved about Star Wars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. In episode one... Anakin's mom, Shmi, Shmi, yep, Shmi, Shmu gets Shmoo. bought out of slavery. No, she doesn't. He does. Yeah, she, she has to in, remain. Oh she, no, no. Okay, no. She stays in slavery, but Lars buys her, so that she and then he oh, that's ultimately an marries too. But yes, okay. whatever. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. a big blur of crap. Sure, it's yes. like a smear on the <laughs> wall. Is. Yeah. Okay, so Shmi goes off and lives with Lars. Right. Anakin goes off with these strange men and robes <laughs> wait jedi <laughs> oh yeah jedi yeah. so he goes off he grows up he uh hooks up with natalie portman the queen amidala yep she gets pregnant dies in childbirth the emperor tells anakin that he killed her right and the kids died too everybody's yes. dead right he does a little cackle though <laughs> right it's kind of like rogue one everybody dies yeah so okay so anakin becomes darth vader right he's mean he's evil Whatever. The story says that Obi-Wan goes and hides the kids. Right. He gives Leia to uh, the Alderaan royalty. Bail, Bail Organa, yeah. She becomes Leia Organa. Yeah. Right. Luke, he takes to Tatooine, the home planet of Anakin Skywalker, yeah. puts them with the Lars family to be raised by Anakin's stepbrother. Who Anakin knows because he visited the farm. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. On his home world, yep. two blocks from Ben Kenobi. <laughs> Could Ben Kenobi be Obi-Wan Kenobi? I don't know. But here's the absurdity. Right. Why does Luke have the last name Skywalker? Well, this is what I mentioned in, 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 in a podcast, is when he walks into the detention center and he says to Leia in Star Wars, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. She should have said, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Are you? You're Anakin Skywalker? Wait a minute. He's Darth Vader. Yeah, but Holy she doesn't shit. know that either. She might. Maybe. But they changed her name, but they didn't change his name. No, it makes no he sense. He technically should have just grown up being Luke Lars. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so the whole premise that Lucas had this figured out. Oh, it's bullshit. This is like as big a flaw. It's like Skywalker's a cool name. Yeah. We want him to be Luke Skywalker. That's yeah. fucking cool. Well, it's Skywalker all the way back to the synopsis, like in 75. Yeah. The synopsis for Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, but and not the earlier to, stuff. They talked about how uh, the Force is strong in my family and the Skywalkers. Skywalkers are, like, the name itself, supposedly, in this universe, is massive. Everybody knows Skywalker. Anakin was a uh, was legendary for his piloting and Jedi skills, and suddenly there's this kid running around called Luke. People should have been like, wait a minute. Yeah. Are, are you related to that guy that either disappeared on, on a volcano planet or, I don't know, turned around and became Darth Vader? Like Biggs. Biggs never said to Luke, hey, yeah. Yeah. you know. Hey. <laughs> you know it's a funny cool yeah. thing. 
Yeah. So like it doesn't. Well, maybe make Skywalker's any- like Jones in that galaxy, right? Or Smith, right? They never say There's that. The, phone ever... book, the Tatooine phone book, it's got at least four pages of Skywalkers in yeah, it. Yeah, but you'd think that Darth Vader might have looked in that phone book. <laughs> yeah, really. Call every number? Right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Luke, he's living with Let's my brother <laughs> at the moisture farm. Hang on. Where we burned the bodies of, you know, it's like... Obi-Wan, you are an idiot. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And, you know, the whole, the whole premise of episode one, the possibly one of the worst movies ever made... Is that uh, the kid wins his his uh, uh, release from slavery by the winning the pod race, and goes off with the Jedi. Now this is an outer rim planet. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's a desert, freaking useless piece of rock. You yeah. think that story of the kid who won a pod race and went off with the Jedi would be legendary? And I don't know, maybe twenty, maybe thirty years later, they might remember it and say, "Wait a minute, that kid was named Anakin Skywalker." And now there's a kid running around looking to buy power converters from Toshi Station. <laughs> His name's Skywalker. Wait a minute. Yeah, it doesn't really take Columbo to like no, exactly. piece that all you together. You don't need Peter Fox stumbling around in a <laughs> in a dirty trench coat to figure this one out. Yeah. But, you know, Lucas never, he, he his revisionist history is legendary. He yeah. always says, oh, I had it all figured out from the start. And you look at the initial drafts and it was Starkiller and yeah. Han was a girl, and yeah. Obi Wan was a crazy old and, wizard, more like Yoda. And, and Anakin know, so. was a star, and he was a grizzled hero. Yeah, it's not you like, know, like a general that had seen battles. He was a battle hardened, battle weary general. Yeah, and stormtroopers had lightsabers. It was <laughs> exactly. you know, everything was different. But so so many people affected the the script, like to to pare it down into something you know that you could actually make. Like uh, Marsha Lucas did a whole bunch of work. Well, she was on the editor. It. She worked on. The- yeah. Well, I'm talking about the story too, sure, and yeah. like all his buddies, Spielberg, oh, Brian and- Palma, Brian yeah, Palma, exactly. Had that. But the, the they pared it down to something you could make. I think the the real heroes of the first Star Wars movie was a, a husband and wife team who, unfortunately, are now known for writing the uh, Howard, Howard the, the Duck. Duck. Yeah. But the Gloria, I can't pronounce their last name. Yeah, Hyuk. Hyuk. Yeah. Hyuk. 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 Her and her husband uh, gave it the the comedy. Like I don't know, kid. I can imagine a lot when they're talking about ransom, which made the movie that you know so enjoyable. But to to give George <laughs> Lucas a little bit of credit, which is difficult for me. Um, after the atrocity of episode one, two, and three, is I don't think he cared so much about the details of Anakin and 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 the the uh, details of the story that he created in four, five, and six. What he cared about was this uh, notion he had, which is that uh, the Republic did not. It's not like the Emperor was the Emperor from day one and took over, and they were bad from from then on. It was good people can be can be tricked into doing stupid things and relinquish their rights slowly and end up going from a democracy, the Republic, the grand Republic yeah. to being a, you know, fascist emperor driven, uh, Imperial army. Uh, Natalie Portman has a good line. She says, this is the sound of, this is how you give up democracy or something yeah. like that when they vote. And I think, I think, you know, I have to give him credit only for, for that throughput in, in the three movies, because we are seeing that today. We're seeing that in the United States where a populist person has taken over talking complete and utter lies about imaginary threats that will be used to take away more and more rights and destroy the Constitution. Are you talking about Regis Feldman? I am. Fuck Regis. Regis and Kathy Lee. She's been hiding in the shadows. All those little bad things that have been happening, that's Kathy Lee. Uh, Ron Sexman tweeted today that... uh... You thought of a great new nickname for Trump. Kim Jong Orange. <laughs> there you go, Ron. But you do have a good point, Chad, because, I mean, Lucas, you know, makes it seem like he was playing 3D chess when he was coming up with the saga, and it's just oh, it's, it's flailing. Yeah. Well, when we yeah. saw Star Wars, the part where Luke takes the droids, who, Princess Leia, oh, she's pretty, right? Yeah. Like, we knew he wanted to, he, he he was attracted to her. Sure. Right? Like there was no part of him that had a, um, yeah, a Jedi connection. When he sees no, her like uh, hologram, it's like, she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Who's she? Yeah. She's beautiful. Exactly. Like yeah. But then he yeah. changed his mind by the time of Return of the Jedi. Because they thought, you know, let's make Darth Vader's father. And that's cool. It's a great, great hook. Mm. But it was never the plan, no matter what he wants to say. 
The uh, so Luke goes off with the droids to track down old Ben Kenobi. Old Ben, Kenobi. that old yeah, hermit, that crazy Ben Kenobi by the Dune Sea. And in the discussion that he has with him, it it's such a nice personable discussion, but it made the it made the Star Wars world seem small, not as as big, right? Because we never for a second thought that Ben Kenobi's job was to look over Luke, right? It just seemed like this was the area that they lived in, like right. you know. Right. This was one of those, you know, habitable planets. But in the discussion, it just sounded more like we were going to have a, there was going to be a news story. Anakin was going to turn up some other way. Yeah. It wasn't going to be that he was the main villain. It's that, you know, maybe he, maybe, maybe the story that they have for the Luke in the current uh, portion of the story, maybe that was Anakin, you know, maybe he was living off on some far off world, you know, had lost his shit. Well, I actually think that at some point he might have thought uh, differently and he might have thought that, you know, to end the trilogy or end one of the movies would have been, you know, for Luke to almost like Inigo Montoya, although it predates Princess Bride, is to say to Darth Vader, you killed my father, prepare to die. That would have been a powerful like Robin Hood and and, uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham scene where his righteous indignation at having never had a father, thanks to this evil son of a bitch would have been satisfied by, you know, a fantastic duel where Luke defeats Vader. That, to me, would have been more emotionally satisfying than, no, I am your father. I just well, And then his in Return of the Jedi, he's a wuss. He's a complete wuss. Well, Dave Prowse, when, when he's saying, I'm, I am your father, in the dialogue that he's actually saying from the original, from the script in that scene was, Ben Kenobi killed your father. That's right. And Luke is like, no! So Luke didn't even hear him, Vader say, I am your father in that scene. Only we heard it. Right. Yeah. You know, that was all after that fact. And that could have just been. No, Mark Ham- apparently Mark Hamill knew. Like they took him aside and told him what the real line was. Huh. Yeah. They, I wonder they, why they, they gave, do that. They gave, no. They, they didn't they, want, because, yeah, Dave Prowse, they didn't think. He was a, uh, a, um, a bit of a. He had uh, loose lips. Yeah. There you go. Sink starships. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, uh, we Chad and I watched this great documentary. Chad, actually, Chad, you saw it now. Yeah. yeah. Chad, Chad watched it and told me about it, and I found it. Watched it too on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I am your father, and uh, it's about David Prowse. And apparently, he gave an interview after the release of Star Wars, so seventy-seven, seventy-eight, before Empire Strikes Back. Oh, it was in seventy-seven because. That came out in January, so it was like immediately after the. Yeah, so he's interviewed by the press, and and he says something. Like, oh, I think it'd be really interesting, you know, if it turns out that Darth Vader is Luke's dad. Right. Yeah, because they asked wow. him like, "Where do you see the Star Wars yeah. story going?" <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and so Lucasfilm, maybe they were thinking about that. Who knows? Nonetheless, they didn't like people talking about potential plot points and uh, uh, other things he may have let slip. They also wanted to keep the the villain mysterious. So, you know, the credits for the character were at the end, you, you, not at the beginning. Well, actually, they didn't have any credits at the beginning, but they didn't get, you know, big credits. And they wanted to keep who's Darth Vader, that, that sort of mysterious bad guy. Right. Meanwhile, he's out promoting himself. And rightly so. He's an actor trying to, you know, keep working. Right. But the relationship between David Prowse and Lucasfilm is not good. That, that documentary, exist. though, makes it seem a little uh, like Lucas jumped the gun a bit. Mm. And they, uh, they, they ostracized him a little too soon. Uh, because yeah. what he was being accused of in this documentary, there's corroborating um, testimony that says that he didn't say yeah. what he was accused of saying. I think uh, one of the things that they were really upset about was a leak during, was it Return of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Back? And they, they got the producer, Robert Watts, and it turns out it was a crewman who actually leaked this important And when they told that producer, he looked like, shocked. He's he like, oh. oh. You can see in his head, he says, I have to make a call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, David. Um Strange in this in this and I I can't recommend this documentary enough. It's a it's a fun documentary. Uh, it's made by a Spanish filmmaker who was inspired by Star Wars to become a filmmaker himself. And one of the things that irked him, and you know, I didn't even think about this. And being a huge Star Wars fan, it surprises me. But I didn't even think about this: is how odd it is that when they remove the helmet of Darth Vader in Return of the Jedi, it's a completely different actor. Why wasn't it David Prowse? Yeah. It would have been perfect if it had been David Prowse, but it was a, it was Sebastian Shaw, yep. English uh, theatrical actor. So why didn't they use him? And and this drove the Spanish filmmaker to wonder, well, maybe we could reshoot the scene with David Prowse in it. Now that he's eighty something, he's the perfect age. They they show doing the makeup, and they do a private screening in Barcelona. They show the scene that they filmed, 
but we don't see it in the documentary. Yeah, because Lucas won't sign off on it. Of course not. And I want to see that now. Did you look online? No. I tried. Sure it's, sure it's I couldn't find it. I couldn't. Actually, I did see, search. I what, what, I, what I thought was interesting is that seeing Dave Prowse at this age, he actually looks like an old Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, why did they cast somebody who looks like a young Dave Prowse yeah. instead of somebody who looks like a young Sebastian Cabot, whoever that was, <laughs> whoever, whoever it was. It's not a family affair. <laughs> it's kind of like from... that. You know, it's him with Luke and Leia. <laughs> it was a book. Yes. Come coffee. on, girls. Yes. No, it's 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 a misstep, and I think you know for whatever reasons the bridges had been burned between them, and it's unfortunate because that would have been far more, I think even even more emotionally resonant to the fan base, knowing David Prowse to see his face finally revealed. Yeah. That would have been more of a uh, of a thing. But apparently, you know, during the making of Return of the Jedi, uh, Richard Markin, the director, barely spoke to him. A lot of his scenes yeah, were filmed yeah. by the stuntmen. Well, everybody says Markin was a dick to them, like Carrie Fisher was talking about. He spent the whole movie yelling at her. Is that what she says? Yeah. I forget, but I, I think he yeah. just, he was more, fo- he was completely out of his depth, by the way. Yes. And I think, uh, you know, having Lucas take, did second unit directing of a huge part of the film, I think he felt like he was, uh, he was there was an overlord pulling his strings. Yeah, Unlike was, Irvin Kirchner, yeah. who was allowed to go off because right. he was an established director to go off and do his own thing. Yeah, Lucas was all over this guy from day one. Like and, maybe Marquand was getting uh, Spielberg, like oh, Toby Hooper like did on Poltergeist, Poltergeist. Totally. Or apparently Spielberg directed that pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a similar situation. Right. I suspect that probably a lot of younger people will understand that immediately, because they're more involved in that type of relationship themselves. They're much more fascinated by who is who. I mean, that is always the great thing that you that you are fascinated with when you're an adolescent, particularly. I know I was. Is my father really my father? I know I've got another family somewhere else. I hate this family. They won't let me read in bed at night, or they insist that I put my cigarette out, or they won't let me do what I want to do. And I'm going to go and live somewhere else, because I know this isn't really my dad. And that kind of thing. So I think when we spring this surprise on them, it'll probably come as a very satisfying, as I say, a satisfying tying of a, of a loose end that will, will be very nice for them. So we're recording this episode on Saturday. Uh, the Lego Batman movie opened yesterday on Friday. And out of the three of us, Ross, you've seen it. Um, it's a fun movie. It, I don't think it's as emotionally satisfying as uh, the Lego movie because it doesn't have... Oh, now you're just ruining it for us. No, I'm just saying... I'm not going to give you any spoilers. I'm just saying it's not... It doesn't have that that uh, uh, color to you know childhood and imagination like the Lego movie did, and I'm hopefully everybody's seen that, uh, and that's not a spoiler, but uh, it is a, it's an incredibly fun movie. Uh, I think it was three thumbs up from everybody. Uh, I do think... Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, everybody dies at the end, and yeah, that they used one style. They used real blood. I think that was unnecessary for the decapitations. Like the nice thing about the Lego world is everything is even clouds look like they're made of Lego, but they sort of they used real blood in the final scene, and that was that was a bit much. But we loved it. Uh, it was a fun, fun movie. A lot of jokes. A lot of very, a lot of very funny jokes, and. Uh, uh, I think uh, 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 who is it? Michael Sarah, uh, the Canadian kid from Brampton, who was on Arrested Development, does Robin, and uh, you know you can go, you can really go wrong with Robin, and a lot of people have dissed Robin as being a um, a joke. Um, but this movie uh, does does do Dick Grayson proud, and uh, and it and gives good it, dick. It gives great dick, lots of good dick. There is an O'Hara, but she's she's a, a woman in, in in this movie. But the who's nice O'Hara, thing, who's O'Hara? Oh, the you remember, remember from the TV show, the cop. Yeah, right, the yeah. complete. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because my brother got me the the Blu-ray set, which is a gorgeous set. It comes with a little Batmobile. It's fantastic. Yeah. But then when you watch the episodes, you realize that every episode is uh, bad guy does something. Yes. They cut to police headquarters. Yeah. And Commissioner Gordon says to Sergeant O'Hara, "Well, is you and your men going to tackle this?" And he <laughs> says, "They all kind of look off in the corner." And he says. Well, I guess we'd better call Batman, and they go off to the bat phone. Every single episode right. starts that way. Uh, you start but, to wonder what you're paying O'Hara for. Well, exactly. He just stands around and looks <laughs> at the corner at the ceiling. You know. uh, yeah, I'll take on the Jaywalkers, but I'm not taking on <laughs> anything more than that. Uh, yeah. But the nice thing about Warner Brothers now is they don't um, ignore the 60s TV show anymore. They embrace it as being what it was, 
but it's is included in the in the history of Batman, whereas not being the dirty stepchild that it was for a long time. Well, what's right? funny is that it was more like the comic book, exactly, all the way up until that time. Yes. So yeah. to say that it was it's the the redheaded stepchild, the fact is is that no, it was Batman. It was Batman. Nobody thought it was weird when it came out. No, everybody loved it. It was pop art. There was a well, my, the favorite part of the trailer. If there was humor like this, it's brilliant. Where they're going through the suits. And the Robin suit comes up and he's like, oh, I did that on a caper in Jamaica. It was yeah, a reggae, reggae man. man. Yeah. It's just, that's brilliant. Like, says, yeah, but sheer these, brilliance. But these pants are a little tight. <laughs> and then there, yeah, there's a broad slapstick humor that goes with it, right? Oh, just the icing on the cake. Yeah. So. No, it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, and there is there is some uh, emotional heft to the story. Different than the Lego movie and maybe not right. quite there. But it's a lot of fun. And the fact that they embrace all the history of Batman. All seventy-eight years of it is right. uh, really worthwhile to me. Yeah, it's you got to revel in that. You know? I, I think you do. Yeah, it's one incredible history for for this character. And they show at one point Alfred is is uh, is is ragging on uh, Bruce in in that uh, you know he's been alone and he said I've seen you through you know do this before where he says he's only wants to do everything on his own. And they go through eighty-two and eighty-nine exactly. Well, they showed that in the trailer. Yeah, okay. And yeah. they go right back to the nineteen thirties where Batman wears these like little gloves that aren't like his his gauntlets now. They're just like little robber gloves. And they go right back to there. It's fantastic. Wow, that's amazing. And they show yeah. clips, right? Yeah, they, yeah. They actually, yeah, yeah. You, this is the other thing is they actually get the licensed material because in the trailer, I think you see the Batman sixties yeah, yeah. they're dancing or something. He's like, I don't even know what that was. He's doing the Batusi yeah, yeah. from the first episode. It's <laughs> right. hilarious. Yeah. Right. It, so I, I, what, what I really enjoyed for me as being a comic book fan and Batman fan is that they embraced the entire history of the character. That to me is more fun than just trying to right. ignore something. Right. Uh, well, I think there's more. It's like a demographics, right? Like the young kids will never know what we're talking about. There's a fear of that in execs, I think, right? And yet, my my son's favorite version of Batman is the Brave and the Bold, the the, the animated series that came out a few years ago, because it's not dark and brooding and 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 you know everything is death. Everything is horrible. My family, my mother and parents died. Right. It's far more humorous and it's far more <laughs> it's all, fun. Ah, my mother and parents died. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's make a musical. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, it's it's far more fun than than you know the Christopher Nolan films or you know the the horrid films uh, of Joel Schumacher before that. Right. Speaking of Batman, yes. Do you think that the mar- like the superhero craze right now is going to go the way of so many other trends that have happened over the years. Even something like Doctor Strange, which we saw not too long ago, I, I think it's just not going to stand up. I think I that disagree. we're going to watch it in a little while and it's going to be like, yeah, that was an okay movie. It was a segue between here and there. And there's going to be very few of the, you know, winter soldiers that were... Well, that's, but that's true in any genre. You're always going to have the standouts versus movies that are good, but just not as good as the standouts. Yeah, but at some point, do we not get exhausted and say, you know... Can they just make the Poisonwood Bible into a movie, please? <laughs> I don't, I don't, well, you know, it's not like this is the only movies they're making. Um, really? Yeah, and I don't think you should be allowed on the podcast if you're way. dissing comic book movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's really what we're about. Um, but, you know, you're right. There will be an oversaturation at some point. I just don't think we've reached that because I still find the movies as engaging. Oh, as... Maybe, maybe it'll be 20 years and then everybody will be totally sure, sick of it. Sure. You know, but when did uh, Iron Man come out? 2008. Right, so we're we're seven, we're Almost nine years, years, nine years yeah. in, right? Yeah, yeah. So like in Ugh. the fifties with the the Wolfman and Dracula and Frankenstein, and the Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, and the Wolfman meets Dracula, and Dracula, you know, sleeps with Frankenstein. It's like <laughs> this endless cycle of things, and then it kind of you know calms right. down, and then Hammer brings it back, and then it's like we're sick of it, and we're sick of it till the late eighties, and then vampires come back again, completely reinvented. Yeah. Right. You're right. absolutely right, but it goes actually earlier. So uh, Dracula and Frankenstein came out in. 31, I think both the same year. Around 31 or 33. Yeah, I think th- when Dracula's 31, Frankenstein's 33. And then there was the the uh, uh, Bride of Frankenstein, and there was the Son of Dracula. Actually, there was, there was the Devil daughter, Bat. Daughter of Dracula, Son of Dracula. By 1935 or 37, those movies, and they made quite a few of them, and uh, The Mummy with Boris Karloff had all petered out. Then the 40s came around. And Lon Chaney Jr. and the Wolfman, and they revived them, the characters. That's post-war 40s, though. So no, it's, it's still early 40s, before oh, World War oh, II. I yeah. it was like 48. So there was a lull, and then they brought them back for for uh, Frankenstein versus the Wolfman and, and House of Frankenstein, all those movies. Then they petered out again, 
And then in the 50s, you had Creature from the Black Lagoon. And later towards the end, it was Japanese, the uh, Godzilla. Right. Well, they're all and they petered out again. Things, they're all informed by things that are going on in the world. Exactly. Like the nuclear, um, nuclear race. Was, Godzilla was very yeah. much about uh, yeah. you know the, the fear of nuclear, what, what nuclear weapons meant. Yeah. And they do go in a cycle. And then in the 60s, uh, it, you know, North America completely rediscovered the monster movies because they were shown on Saturday matinees on TV. Right. TV allowed for these characters to be um, right. uh, re refound. Sundays and, at five on Channel 29. Exactly. You know, I watched all the Godzilla movies on uh, on WTV, and suddenly there was model kits, there was comic books, there was toys, there was everything coming out in the 60s related to the monster craze. So I I, I know you're right. There will be a period when. We're sick of these movies and we want to do something else. Like, wait till DC really gets involved. Because while they've done their Batman movies, Superman is kind of so-so. Eh. Now with Justice League and everything, they, they're just getting going. Yeah. When they have the success with Wonder Woman that they're going to have. You think they might. Oh, they're going to have success with Wonder Woman. It's going to be a great movie. And Justice League is, is going to be an okay movie. You heard it here. No, I uh. think Justice League is going to be terrible. And I think Wonder Woman is going to be passable now. I think Wonder Woman is, is going to be like Ant-Man to the Marvel Universe. I, it's going to be a separate... I really hope you're right. It's a period piece. There's not going to be a lot of crossover, and it's just going to be a character-driven story. The difference is is that, uh, unlike the, the Marvel Studios, Warner Brothers has so little faith in the director's vision that they will recut the hell out of that until the final release date. So it may have started as a great movie, Patty Jenkins directing and as a period piece by the time it's released, who the hell knows? Because they, they must, they messed up suicide squad and Batman V Superman. And we're just referring to what Chad was talking about, you know, the oversaturation of superhero films and how they're affected by society. I think what might be going on now, again, it's another weird uh, side benefit of Donald Trump. Is there's that, a benefit. Yeah. Is that things are going to be so haywire and shitty that the, the superhero movies where, you know, heroes are coming to save the day, they will be affected by that. That's possible. And yeah. I think they'll, you know, there'll be a lot of orange, <laughs> orange weird-haired haired villains. villains. Yeah. Something, <laughs> the Joker's some, got orange hair in the next film. <laughs> something uh, Chad would know about, being a Captain America fan, now would be the perfect time to adapt uh, Secret Empire. What you is know, Secret Empire? Remember the Captain America comics from uh, around, uh, I don't know, 170, 160, 170, where uh, there was this secret empire who had taken over the American government, and, and they didn't say his name, but it, you know, the uh, Steve Englehart who wrote the stories uh, made it quite clear that the person that was at the head of this uh, fascist organization that was trying to take over America was Richard Nixon. He was the, oh, he was the president at the time, right? And you know, ultimately with Watergate, we proved that this was you know a, a rogue president. Now would be the perfect time to adapt that because you've got. Freaking Donald Trump, who thinks he can do anything he wants, like he's CEO of a company. Right. When no, remember the laws. Remember we have laws. You can't do that. That's <laughs> not. But yeah, now would be the perfect time to yeah. adapt that story. Hopefully, either, Marvel's it, listening. It's either that or or they'll do what, Kevin call the me. sort of World War Two uh, approach, and they'll just try to entertain, and we'll get more Ant Man's than we will terrorist fighting. You uh. know, because it's sort of like you know we are living in this. You know, Hydra is real. Donald That's Trump is, is is much like that and terrorist organizations around the world. Maybe we just need some hijinks and some, you know, some heist films. And, There's probably uh, an argument for both. I mean, certainly during the Depression, people went to the movies when, you know, they cost two bits or whatever it was to see a movie, pretty cheap, is there was a lot of escapist entertainment in the 30s. And mm -hmm. for that exact reason. That's right. You need something to take you away from the from the fact that you're eating one loaf of bread over the course of a month. Right. Um. But on the other hand, you, you also need to reflect society as it is today and comment on that, and maybe there'll be a, a bit of both. See, if Marvel was really smart for Infinity War, they would bring the gauntlet, the Infinity Gauntlet prop, and get Trump to try it on, saying, hey, would you try it and pose with this picture just for a laugh? <laughs> Not telling him what it is. Right. It would be a great... That would be an awesome yeah. visual. That would, that would be perfect. I agree. Yeah. Martha. Martha. Why do you use that name? Say Martha. Why do you say that name? <laughs> Wait, your mom's name Martha? What do you know about that? Holy That's amazing. Fuck. That's amazing. 
Cling. People couldn't think of different Phone call days. from Martha. That's for me. No, it's for no, me. No, it's for me. <laughs> Mine's dead. That's so inappropriate. Don't you know I'm mourning? I've already seen that Twilight Zone episode where the dead husband was calling the wife. Right. That's what's going on. Is that the one where they were on the wing ripping up, ripping up the electronics? No, it's the old lady on the phone. The one with the glasses? They break the glasses? No, not that one. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> Martha on the wing. Martha! Excuse There's me. No Excuse that's me. Martha on the wing of this plane. I see a Martha on the wing. <laughs> Sir, you've had Sir. too much to drink. Sir, that's ridiculous. What do you mean? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, and now you... she's gone. Now what are you gone. doing on that Martha's wing? Gone I think we should talk about Martha. Martha. A little bit. Her name was, was Martha. Martha held this watch <laughs> up her ass for five years. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Chad, you wasn't were... her ass. <laughs> hey. what, what's that? What's that exercise? Oh, no. The Kegel? No. The Kegel. No, no. Quinn Paltrow's got this thing now. Where Kegel he's supposed to put like, like a rock. A rock? A rock. And it comes out of diamond? No. In your <laughs> vagina. The <to> pure... <laughs> To purify. That's a get rich quick scheme. No. <laughs> no, it's no. not. Send me $2,500. The house is on fire. <laughs> you gotta go save your kid. You gotta put the rock up your hooch. <laughs> and it comes out a diamond. <laughs> Thanks to Gwyneth Paltrow. And I'll wait for just a minute until it starts to tingle. Starting to tingle. Martha, why'd you use that name? So, uh, speaking of Battlestar, speaking Galactica. of terrible death. <laughs> oh boy! So Richard Hatch died. Yeah. People, of course, will know him as um, Apollo from Battlestar Galactica. It's for you, Apollo. <laughs> pour one out. Yeah. Pour one out for Apollo. And as uh, Tom, something in the uh, more recent Battlestar Galactica yeah. series. You know, I haven't watched those. What? what? What is wrong with you? I'll lend it to you. I have them all. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, I didn't. I never got around to it. It was one of my favorite shows at the time. It was terrific. The reason is probably because I just revered the show when I was a kid. Wait, you revered the original Battlestar? Let me tell you. Why? Because I was 10. And? 11. And? I had a couple of the ships, a couple of the guys. It was it was a fun show, and yeah. it was it was Star Wars on TV. It was nice to, yes. you know, we needed, because we didn't, Star Wars was so limited, yeah. right? It was like, you had to see it at the movies. And it kind of holds up now. Like, ah, uh, the it? sets, the clothing, the effects. By, the weird Egyptian Roman influences. Yeah, with the, with the helmets. Chariots of the Gods. Well, they have that in the new one, too, though. With the helmets. Not so much. What are you talking about? No, they don't. They don't go into the, to the uh, Earth-based Roman they and They 100% mythology. do with the 12 tribes and and uh, uh, it's Capricorn more obscure. and Pisces and all the... Yeah, it's more obscure. It's not as... I mean, not, you know, uh, Apollo's a call sign as opposed to somebody's actual name. And they it's don't true. Talk That's about his it. name, Apollo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whereas in, in the recent series, it's oh, a call it's sign. it's a call sign. It's not his right. real name. Um, right. I, of course... His name is Shecky. <laughs> I was uh, 14, I think, when uh, Battlestar Galactica came out, which was yeah. it was released as a movie. The first two episodes yeah. were put together as a movie in Sense Around. Yeah, uh, the last movie to come out with that. Yeah, and uh, uh, saw it in the theater, loved it because again, Star Wars, really. You yeah. know, same same special effects guys, yeah, John Jagstray yeah. and uh, Ralph McQuarrie. George Jennings worked on the design. I mean, it, yeah. it had all the same sort of people working on it. it looked great. The stories. Absolutely do not hold up. But they were gorgeous. I mean, that Battlestar Galactica itself and the theme music uh, was wonderful yeah. to listen to. That's a great theme. John Colicos tearing up the screen is Baltar. <laughs> the insectoid. Uh, yeah, the insectoid. That was a great episode. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. It was very much like Time Machine. They were yeah. like the Morlocks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very much. I still have that action figure. Still do have, you? I have my little ex. He doesn't have the, the ratty. You know, they build these beautiful casinos, but yet they wear like ratty vests. You know, I know what? you couldn't have can a nice build it. Vest. And the, the, the casino scenes are so funny because there's like four tables, but they're trying to make it seem like it's a big yeah. set. People so they cover it in fog. But it's like, oh yeah, everybody, everybody came down here to have fun. But you know, there's right. only four tables. You know who played uh, Apollo's younger brother that died? Yeah, it was uh, Rick Springfield. Shut up. Yep. Oh really? The singer? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. His first uh, one of his first screen. Yeah. Screen died roles played first, Zach. Uh, he just yeah. played town. Uh, played Toronto recently. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
friends of mine are big Rick Springfield fans. Wish I had Jesse's He dies in the yeah, first very, uh, battle yeah. against the Cylons in the in the show, yeah. in the first episode. Yeah. And uh, that's what makes Apollo, um, you know, throw his hair back and um, and that horrible. And 70, then shake it, shake like it, a pony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it premiered on. Uh, just gives me a chance, you know. Go through your notes. Capitalizing on Richard Hatch's death, All I right. get to talk about Battlestar Galactica. All right. It premiered on ABC in September of 1978. Yep. I the remember. year after some movie called Star Wars came out. Yeah. No relation though. No, not at all. Yeah, Lucas totally sued them, by the way. I don't know if everybody knows what it's about, but you know, there's a tribe of humans that are the last survivors of this attack by this robotic race called the Cylons, and they're the, ostensibly having a peace yeah, treaty, right? Yeah, and of course they're screwed over, and uh, the Cylons attack the twelve colonies that uh, Chad mentioned, and pretty much destroy humanity, except. Battle, the Battlestar Galactica is the last remaining Battlestar. In it. And the ragtag fleet. A ragtag fugitive fleet. In the TV show, was it the same as in the uh, current one where the Battlestar Galactica was being decommissioned? No. 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 Oh, okay. no. As no. far as we knew, the Battlestar Galactica at that time was cutting edge. It didn't It didn't make any kind of reference. Yeah. As, as a, you know, in the new one, that that's how they started. So that yeah. it's being decommissioned. And there's and, a ceremony. And they're the survivor. Yeah, yeah. Which actually, right. I think, but makes it even more interesting. Oh, it's because it's like having analog versus yeah, digital, exactly. right? Like, it's going to stand up. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of neat. Well, yeah. actually, that actually plays... The, the reason why they weren't, um, um, in the new series, they weren't taken over by the ships, weren't screwed by the Cylons, is because they were analog. That's right. They, they, were, couldn't, yeah. they couldn't access it. They couldn't access it, yeah. Yeah, right. which is brilliant. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah. But, Great uh, series. you got to watch it. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that. So, like I said, I watched the show religiously as a kid, and what's really funny is... Wait a minute. Um, you watched the one season. Yeah, yeah. Watch that show uh, religiously. Two? No, no one. only one. Oh, there was Battlestar nineteen eighty. There was Galactica yeah. nineteen eighty, which Isn't was that the worst piece the second of second season. No, it's so completely. Well, it's different. funny. It was wrapped up uh, in a package, and it was called the second season of. Yeah, of that's no, what I would say. It, no, it's completely different. So no Apollo, no Starbucks. No, 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 I've seen it, but I'm still saying it's still a second season, regardless if you like the story or not, and whether oh, it's, it's terrible. It leaves the it's completely different. But the funny thing is, so the producer Glenn A. Larson was a Mormon. Yeah, and he threw a lot of Mormon terms and theology into the show, like the twelve colonies is like the twelve tribes of Israel. Exactly, and they're. It's, they're called the Council of the Twelve, which are the leaders of all the twelve planets, I guess, that humanity's on. And they came from a planet called uh, Kobal. And in uh, Mormon theology, the planet is Kolob. Mm. So it's he threw a lot of stuff in there. Also, I think a couple get married during the series, and they're like, the ceremony is you be together for eternity. And that's another thing from Mormonism. If you When you marry somebody, you're going to be... Living forever on your own planet. Which, which wife With is all that? Of them. Yeah, is that? Well, if you're gonna live forever, you gotta have more than one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, is that the first or the third wife? I'm, I'm confused. Uh, is, is polygamy really a tenant philosophy of Mormonism, oh, yeah. or is it just yeah. something that they did? No, it's no, it's, it's in there. Philosophy. Oh, it really is. The eh? founder I, it, was. I think it probably stems from. Have uh, you not seen the uh, Book of Mormon? I, I just I've bought tickets for it. it yesterday. It is oh, that's best, a great play. It is the yeah. best show I've ever so seen. It is so good. It is so good. It's Janet's birthday on Friday, and I'm uh, perfect. So oh my I'm gosh, it's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great show. Anyway, it is really good. I think Battlestar Galactica was a hodgepodge of ideas that that pulled from uh, Mormon strange, very strange Mormon ideas and Greek and 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 uh, you're saying just some of the ideas in Mormonism are strange (laughs) no all the ideas are strange pretty much Uh, but then cobbled together with some some Greek and Egyptian uh, ideas well like you said it was right around the time of Van Dyneken and Chariots of the Gods right so it was really capitalizing on that but I have to say you know the silent in that show and I and you know I watched it the same that one year in in 78 on ABC the same as you Sunday nights I love that show but the Cylons for machines were incredibly stupid because every single episode, three of them, it took three of them to fly a fighter, whereas, yeah. you know, humans, it just took one. They'd be chasing down a, a, a Viper yeah. and Starbuck's like, I got I got him on my tail. I can't shake him. I can't shake him. I know. I'll go in reverse. Yeah, they have reverse. And, they would, and he would fly back over the top of the silence and they cut to the three songs going, huh? <laughs> Looking over the shoulders, like, what? wait, what's he doing? And then he'd come up from behind and blast them. Yeah. You'd think after the 
first time? No. Maybe the third time? They'd yeah. be like, okay, I know what he's going to do right now. Yeah. The only problem is it's all recycled footage. Of course, yeah. They spent but gorgeous uh, footage. Yeah, they spent seven million dollars on that pilot. Yeah, it was the most expensive pilot. Well, ever it was made the, the uh, it was the same crew as we mentioned that worked yeah. on Star Wars. So John Dykstra and all yeah. the all the Richard Edelman, all those people worked on Star yeah. Wars, went off to do this before Empire. And yeah, look, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. The 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 Battlestar Galactica with the launch tubes. Yeah, yeah, the two landing. Yeah, that was awesome. And the launch tubes, yeah, where they go flying through. Where right Starbuck gets it on with um, what's her name? Cassiopeia. Cassiopeia, the the hooker. Yeah, and well, she's not a hooker. She's a s- social leader. So sorry. That's what they call her. Sorry. And then uh, Athena, who's uh, Adama's daughter on yeah. the bridge, she's like, "What?" and she gasses them. Or, yeah. You know, hits them with the with the with the steam. Yeah. No, I I love the show, but it really doesn't doesn't necessarily hold up. What's funny too is uh, Jean L. Coon was a mentor to Larson. And helped yeah. him polish the show because he came up with this concept in the 60s. Really? And it took him this long to uh, hammer it out. And Gene Alcoon, of course, from, from Star, Star Trek. Trek yeah. Who, uh, I don't know if you mentioned, <laughs> I don't know if you mentioned this in a previous podcast, Ross, you might have, but Gene Alcoon is like, he's pretty much responsible for Star Trek because he came up with the Klingons, Khan Union Singh, the Prime Directive, United Federation of Planets. Starfleet Command and the banter between McCoy and Spock was all Gene Alcoon. I don't know if all those things. I, uh, I mean, I, he's credited we, we for should, it. We should probably fact check that. Um, mm. But he definitely the uh, the the Aaron uh, of Mercy with the uh, Organian Peace Treaty between yeah. that that was him. Uh, yeah. The humor he intru- he was a big fan of introducing humor. Right. Uh, certainly, William Shatner credits Gene Alcoon with giving him. Uh, the basis of what he thinks made the show survive, you know, sixty odd years now, right? Is that is the interplay between the characters, right? Uh, and yeah. when Gene Rod, when when uh, you know the third season came around, Gene Roddenberry was supposed to come back and produce, be a line producer. Yep. He went, and even though he didn't, because he didn't get this time slot he wanted, yeah. He uh, when he when he hired Fred Freiberg, he said, "Get rid of all this humor. Oh my I don't God. like this humor. Get get rid of it. You know, go back to being serious." And then we had the Third season, which you know everybody's trying to be serious, but it comes off as being ridiculously stupid. Right. But uh, Glennie Larson had quite the you know late seventies. I mean, he'd done other TV shows, but he had that. He had Buck Rogers. Yeah, that was his next one. Also uh, released as a theatrical movie before the TV show. Yeah, it's funny. (laughs) You know, it was a great time to be a science fiction fan. You had Star Wars in the theater, and you had Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactica on the TV. Yeah, it was fabulous. That's the next resurgence we really need. Yeah. Is a science fiction resurgence where you do real. Well, you know, Star Trek Discovery is coming soon. That's true. And it's Arrival, now. Arrival was pretty good. Arrival was. Although awesome. I don't know if I'd really call that science fiction, in a way. It's like everything that they deal with science fiction now. Science, it's aliens, and yeah. that's the science fictiony part. Yeah. I mean, I like the real key to Arrival is that it's a human story. Yes, you're right. Right. It's her dealing with you know communicating with another race but it's more of a human story it's her life story is the is the linchpin to the, I've, you know i've had a little bit of a flashback here yeah the summer sitting around a campfire yeah. where we talked about star trek and chad went silent for like <laughs> an hour yeah i'm still here i'm still Are awake you? i am so now we know I chad's we lost crypt- you chad's kryptonite is star, really. star wars <laughs> and, and battle star galactica he goes silent yeah. This is how we Kryptonite. can show you. Know, you really the, the the newest Battlestar Galactica was such an amazing show. The spin-offs, the Caprica that they did and all these things, you know, they really it paid homage perfectly to the original series. Yeah. And upped upped its game. Upped upped it completely. It was yeah. so good. Um actually made it make sense. Yeah. The one thing that was kind of infuriating is that for those of us who didn't see it all on TV and waited back in the days where you would buy box sets of DVDs. Right. When was that? Was that, that was the 1940s? <laughs> Late 90s. You're going to go down to the store and get yeah. me a box set. Say there. Early 2000s. But it was the most expensive. One season was like $120. Yeah. yeah. There was a few of these shows that did that, and that was one of them. I remember seeing Edward James Olmos at um, a, a Comic-Con, and he was sitting there, $60 for a... An autograph. Dream. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he didn't have one person in line. It looked like he was practicing a signature, looking down in shame. You know? <laughs> I got to do something. And I this is look the thing busy. about these Comic Cons. And these, you know, there's one thing. If, if you're, if you're um, an actor who had one time been on a show and that's now what you do, 
You go and you make appearances. Okay, I can, you know, charge a couple bucks. Why not? But when you're on the hottest science fiction show on television, everybody's crazy for it. He should have been ashamed of himself, charging 60 bucks. Yeah, not good. Um, as Ross has mentioned, uh, uh, when Battlestar Galactica came out, 20th Century Fox sued him. Cause well, was, Lucasfilm sued him. Yeah. Well. Was it, wasn't it Lucasfilm? I believe it's Fox. Well, we'll have to Maybe, I think they combined. Maybe. They combined yeah. suits, I think. And uh, for the similarities between uh, Battlestar Galactica and Star Wars. The ships looked uh, somewhat similar between a Viper and an X-Wing. Yeah. I think that was something that drove Lucas nuts is, you know, the 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 yeah. there was a similar like a long cylindrical shape with you know wings out to the side. Yeah, that's true. like an airplane. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> like with a tail and then two yeah. I'm yeah, sure I'm like sure wings. I'm sure it irked him to no end that a lot of his creative uh uh production people worked on Battlestar like Ralph McQuarrie and and, and John Dykstra, people we've mentioned before. Yeah. I'm sure it irked him that they went off to do that. Well, I, I'm sure that you know we didn't hear about the fact that the Audubon Audubon Society sued Lucas for copying dragonflies. What? Yeah, they went after them because dragonflies had four wings, and so did X-wing fighters. It was an ugly, ugly battle. They, they sold out of court. They were uh, Incom T-65 fighters in their S foils. Only the special effects people called them X-wings. Really? They were never called X-wings in the movie. Really? Yeah. That's a fact. Well, why were they called X-wings on the toy packaging? Because it, it became common knowledge based on the uh, the uh, you know, I guess the discussion of the people working on special effects, but not in the movie. Incom T sixty fives, dress foils in attack position. So Glenn A. Larson, he did a lot of shows afterwards. Like but didn't he do Magnum Buck Rogers, Quincy, oh, uh, Quincy. the Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew Mysteries? Did BJ and the Bear. Oh, yeah. I'm a kid again. This is like... <laughs> I know. Uh, the Fall Guy, which we've wrestled. Oh. Right. How often can you get a... T- you can't do that today. What's that? A guy, lonely, traveler, just in a shacked truck? up with a chimpanzee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't sound good. It's just not cool anymore. It doesn't sound you know? good, it's like, yeah. Hey. Well, BJ and the Bear must have been like well, yeah. the TV version of uh, the Clint Eastwood right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but, with him, yeah. shacked up yeah. with an That's exactly what it was. Wasn't it the same... Clyde. Around the same time. That was the same month. No, no, wasn't it? no, no. One no. was an orangutan. Yeah. One was a chimpanzee. Why was an orangutan? Come on, come on. Get with the <laughs> bear. On. One was a one on. was a truck and one was an eighteen wheeler. See, BJ. <laughs> What's wrong with from you? the bear? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, that continuing. Definitely. Well, he can smoke a cigar. We know that. The fog guy. Speaking of that, you know, uh, in Battlestar Galactica, the. Um, uh, boxy, uh, yeah, yeah, Daggett. A, his Daggett. I was actually a chimp in a costume, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was running yeah. around. It wasn't the guy who eventually did, like, it wasn't Vernon Gollum. What's that actor's name? <laughs> Andy Circus. That's yeah. right. He wasn't, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't a, kid. a kid version of it. No, it was, it was Andy Circus. As a kid. I thought you were gonna say, Vern, <laughs> let's just say that now. It I thought you were gonna Circus. say a Vern Troyer in there. Yeah. In fact, we're gonna say that. Andy we're gonna say that that's official. He's uncredited, yeah, yeah. Vern Troyer yeah. is uh, it was Andy, Muffet. Muffet it was, is the okay. Name let's it. let's get it right. It was Andy Circus in a chimpanzee costume, <laughs> in a daggy costume <laughs> on the set. That's what it was. All right, all right. That's true. Done that's deal. A true I, fact. That's an so alternate fact. I'm so sick of that guy. Yeah, I know. He's in everything, man. It's like what? Somebody else can't pretend to be a fucking monkey. <laughs> I saw a, a funny uh, a funny thing online. I don't know if I posted it. Maybe I did on our website, but it was uh, I did too. I did post it where. The mystery of of uh, Snoke. Is that his name? Yeah, Snoke. What's his name? Imperious Leader Snoke or something yeah, like I that? I don't want to know any plot points. But, so. <laughs> but it's no, like, no, uh, no, shut up. Here's where, he, here's where he came. Snookums. Here's, here's <laughs> Snookums. Martha! <laughs> Why do you use that name? Um, it's, uh, they have a picture of Snoke, and then they say, where did he come from? It's the, then the stormtrooper that bumped his head. Because they show the dent in Snoke's head <laughs> from Star Wars, yeah, the from first the, Star Wars. Got the sn- stormtrooper that bumped his head. Awesome, in. awesome. That's who Snoke's is. I buy that story. I, I buy that for a dollar. I watched I a fan it. fiction film where they were. It was like uh, Boba yep. Fett when when Vader hires him. Yeah. And it was the interaction between the two of them. Yeah. And Boba Fett has all this attitude towards Vader. Okay. When he won't pay him or something like that, and Vader clunks him, and that's how. Boba Fett gets the dent in his helmet. Awesome. Oh. It, was a, it was a really great touch. That's a good one. Magnum P.I. and Knight Rider, too. Yeah. Shows by Glenn A. Larson. 
So he had quite the run in the late 70s. But the funny thing is he he got to start off in the entertainment industry as a singer in the Four Preps. Remember those guys? No. No, It's way before all of our times. Didn't they sing that song called Martha? Don't you use that name? Don't you use that name? Martha. She's my mom. She's your mom. mom. She's my mom. She's my mom. (laughs) That's funny. I've never heard of the Four Preps, and I know a lot of old 50s. (laughs) You ever heard the song uh, Big Man? I was a big man yesterday, but boy, you ought to see me now. Heard that no. song? Nope. Okay. Sounds like the five neat guys from SCTV. <laughs> Do you remember them? <laughs> John the Candy five, and Eugene Levy? The five, the neat, five guys. neat guys. <laughs> what happened to the word neat? That's a great name. Well, neat disappear? That's a great name swell. for what those guys. Well, anyway. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. And after the show was canceled, the chorus, we got Galactica 1980, which was a Which was uh, ABC saying... Yeah, we, we want to do this, but only on $5 a week. <laughs> so they fired everybody except Lauren Green. You can only have one spaceship, yeah. and you have to cover it with a yeah. blanket. And you know what we think would be really cool is to bring in a stupid little kid in glasses oh God, and make him, like, make him like this like mysterious, all-knowing, all-seeing guy. We'll just get a, key, a big, bright key light and we'll yeah. shine it on Yeah, him. he's got reflective clothing. <laughs> but he's a kid, and he's really annoying. Yeah, Dr. And Z. The, Dr. Dr. Z, Z. Z, you're right. It should be Dr. Z. It should be Dr. Z, but you know they were U.S. And then they and then they replaced Apollo and Starbuck, and they put them down on Earth, driving these ridiculous motorcycles. Yeah, they're turbo cycles. What are you talking about, man? What year did 1980 come out? 1980. (laughs) (laughs) So what? So in 1983 (laughs) is about when V came out. Galactica 1983. Yeah, and V is very. It's almost like. Uh, Galactica 8, 1980 is sort of like the segue between Battlestar Galactica that's right. and V. I, that's interesting, yeah. yeah. Although done of. better. The only good thing I can say about Galactica in 1980, it has the, the best Starbucks episode. Yeah, the last episode they Oh, aired. that's when they got like lattes. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> no, what lattes? When they show what happened to Starbucks and he's stranded on a planet with with, uh, with a Cylon. Yeah. And it was very it was very well written. It was very emotional. And of course, it was Starbucks, so none of this 1980 bullshit with the guy from Emergency. Or and it was, uh, Adam 12. Or Adam 12. It was Kevin McCord. There we go. Yeah. Um, so it was a great episode and possibly the best use of uh, Starbucks uh, yeah. there was. The and Return of Starbucks, that episode yeah. was called. It was kind of a last ditch effort to save the series, but yeah, they canceled it. Didn't help. See, if that show came out now, there'd be a Starbucks on every ship. <laughs> <laughs> On every corner. That's right. Actually, across the street from one another. You know, the original um, plot for uh, Galactica 1980 was that they get to Earth. The whole thing in Battlestar Galactica is they're going to look for Earth. The lost tribe. The lost 13th 13th tribe, tribe, yeah. yeah. And they're hoping that, you know, they'll help save them. But when they finally get to Earth in Galactica 1980, they see it's just present day and it's bullshit, right? They're flying fucking Battlestars. And Earth has got nothing. I know they've got Chrysler K cars. Oh, yeah. Well, the robots <laughs> didn't take over our world. Yeah. yeah. So we've yeah. got that going for That's us. That's right. So, what Galactica 80, the pitch was by um, Glenn A. Larson, was that they're going to say, uh, well, for whatever reason, they have a time machine. I think that might be explained. And they're going to uh, go into Earth's history and change it and improve it so that by the time this present day, they'll be really advanced. And they scrapped that, but Donald P. Belisario was um, also a producer on Galactica 1980, and he took that concept and he made it in a quantum leap. There you go. So that's kind of funny. Sorry, brah. Martha. Martha, why'd you use that name? That's my sister's niece's second cousin, twice removed name. Why'd you use that name? (laughs) Tell me now. She owes me money. She owes me rent. I gave her 20 a while back. Like, I'd really like it back. I have to say, I'm I'm very much looking forward to uh, King Kong in a little over a month. It is a bit of a culture shift in that uh, King Kong is um, bigger than in all the previous movies, apart from the Japanese movies, uh, where he was the same size as Godzilla, but in the uh, North American movies, he was always, you know, 40 feet tall. Right. How How tall is he in this one? I don't know, 300 feet. 6,000 feet. Something like that. He's Trump Tower tall. He's, he's Trump Tower. Right. He uh, just leans forward like Trump does yeah, to make he, himself He stands up straight. Taller. Again, he's a little bit more proud of himself. Again, so. you know, maybe the culture of today will affect 
something like King Kong and he'll have like an orange hair at the top. <laughs> Possibly. And when he shakes Brush Godzilla's forward. hand, he's going to pull his hand downward, which gives the impression of his height. You're right. So right. It's one of his tactics. Well, yeah. Bill Maher did call him an orangutan and Trump threatened to sue him. So mm. that's there's that connection. What, recently? Yeah, like end of last year or something oh, like that. Well, end of that, last year. That's 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 ancient history. He's got lots more people he's going to sue. Right. Uh, they did make Kong bigger for this new movie um, in order to make the uh, the sequel that's coming. Uh, King Kong and Godzilla are going to be in one movie together. Right. They have to be, I guess. Con- <laughs> uh, you know, what are you wearing those Pringles? What what? The- <laughs> I was thinking about Bill talking about vacuuming this room. Yeah. some Pringle dust in my hand. Our viewers are going to love this segment. Heard of angel dust. This is Pringle dust. <laughs> Try snorting it. Really? Yeah. Actually, you're supposed to... <laughs> just, I was going to say, you're supposed to eat them, not snort them, Chad. Holy shit. Chad's I, putting a line on the table. I'm glad I, <laughs> he's using a straw right now. I, I can't begin to describe how weird this is. I'm glad I trimmed my nose hairs this morning because there's just not fucking oh, room man. for this. He's, knock, he's knocking the bottom out of the tube and using I've, that to snort it. I've never seen somebody use a razor blade on Pringles before, but they're like in a perfect line. <laughs> Look at him snort. Um, I realized yeah. they had to make Kong bigger. See, and, this is another reason we need boobs because you could snort these off of them. That's true. Ah! Robocop and the recent um, exactly, uh, we didn't mention uh, um, who did the lines off the uh, the oh that guy the social that asshole yeah oh but he, yeah he he he's done a bunch of stuff he Miguel Ferrari yeah he died just a little while ago he died very recently yeah. unfortunately should I take um, back that I called him an asshole yeah he was he was in Star yeah. Trek six on uh, the Excelsior bridge crew wasn't he an asshole in Excelsior? that Excelsior no really no he was also. Uh, Lloyd Henry in The Stand. He's Stephen been, he's been in, an asshole uh, in that? He is an asshole in that. He's, he's one of those, those like Dabney Coleman. He was one of those. Yeah, he's yes. a prick. He's always an He asshole. was a bad guy. He was Flag's right-hand man I think in, in The recent, Stand. Recent stuff he's done, he hasn't been so much that. But uh, a huge uh, cultural influence in, in, in our neck of the woods. And uh, unfortunately, he, he passed away. He was fantastic in Robocop. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was always playing the coked up, hyperactive dick. <laughs> yeah, he was good. Although he his character wasn't named Dick, and there was a character named Dick, but right, you're fired, Dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you're fired. Uh, RoboCop was such a good movie. It was a perfect. movie. You know the, the the when they pull the mic closer to you, Chad. Is this close enough now? Fuck me, Martha. Martha. It's hard to talk with this inside my mouth. Why do you say that name? The scene where um, the officer, played by Peter Weller, gets killed by the the bad guys. And amongst the bad guys, of course, the redheaded guy with the weird sideburns. Yeah. He played um, Montgomery in the Fame movie. He played the gay guy. Interesting. Okay. And I remember seeing Robocop going, really? That guy? Because he was, you know, and he was such a badass. And I thought that the scene where they shot him was the most tragic scene ever put on film. Blew it apart. Well, edited for release in the uh, Criterion um, DVD where they show the full It's even worse. It's it's incredibly worse. To me, it's up there with uh, in Heavenly Creatures when the girls hit the mother in the back of the head with the the rock. Uh, You see that? That was another tragic. Or or when... uh, Shelly Winters dies in Presented Adventure. These are like the <laughs> the scenes that stuck with you. That's right. Yeah. Robocop was was a a, a, a perfect movie. Yep. I I I love that movie yeah. to death, and I I buy that for a dollar. It's just everything about it. It captured the whole Entertainment Tonight yeah. zeitgeist of uh, entertainment news or news wrapped up as entertainment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the new. Sux six thousand yeah. or whatever. It was. Yeah, it's car. Yeah, sux. Well, but it it opens with the the two people who are, are Aliza Gibbons, in fact, from Entertainment Tonight was right. was doing the where, where you know the news that's virtual entertainment, and then the uh, you know the police the police department is taken over by a private corporation, in this case Omnicorp, yeah. and it's 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 perfect. It's a perfect freaking movie. And so I can't understand why they remade it. It would make perfect sense that they would just remake it yeah. and make it completely different with well, a stupid. Uh, like, did you watch it up? in the end? No, no, I refuse. I refuse. I'm going to watch it at some point when, when the, yeah. I feel the smoke is cleared and my, 
you know the 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 robot spiders who judge what I watch right. won't put me force you in keep your eyes open. Of, I don't want to be part of their uh, their rating system. I don't want my view to qualify the, the film in any way. It should have never been made. Yeah, well, you made a good point in a previous episode that why would I watch a movie that they're making it so it's everything the original wasn't? Yeah, it was <laughs> right. perfect. So. Right. Right. You know, like RoboCop was a great costume. I, I went to the premiere at the Varsity, and they had uh, uh, a guy in the costume posing for pictures. Somewhere I have a, a little Polaroid of me with RoboCop. I still have my poster from that day. Yeah. It's just so good. The it scene is. where, like, you know, he's he's going out on his first mission, and it, it's just... It's perfect. It it's is a, a perfect, perfect movie. Yeah. And it's a perfect movie. The casting was great. Yeah. Like Dan Hurley's in it as the old man. Oh, Hurley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hurley, and the, and the music by uh, the music by uh, Basil Polidaris uh, is brilliant. I mean, it's fantastic. And you know the the scene where he uh, he's he's confronting the Ed Two Hundred Nine when uh, he <laughs> discovers the hidden fourth protocol. You know, the music in there is just you know outstanding, and is it, it is a perfect movie. I, it's like remaking Psycho. Psycho was a perfect movie. Why would you remake Psycho? But they with, did with Vince Vaughn. With Why would Vince you do Vaughn. that with fucking Vince Vaughn? <laughs> and, and Anne a Hesh. shot for shot yeah. remake. And Anne Hesh. Yeah. If there's anybody I do not want to see in the big screen, it's Anne Hesh. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you do that? I don't understand. They're remaking the birds. Oh, for fuck. that's on the docket. So, boy. those birds with those orange-haired yeah. falcons, I heard, were they? They're all saying wrong, 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 sad. wrong, Little wrong, sad. wrong. Sad, <laughs> sad. Big orange yeah. breast and little tiny wings. Yeah. Is it a can robin you, red can, breast? Can no, it's a robin orange breast. We live breast. in a world where the president of the United States is tweeting stuff and calling things sad. The president, yeah, is saying. That he is so bent out of shape because SNL made fun of him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's saying, to, you know, after he loses the second uh, judgment about his uh, ban as being unconstitutional, you know, he says, oh, the court said, we'll see you in court. <laughs> you just are. We're in court. Uh, we are <laughs> in the court and you lost twice. Yeah. Now three times. He's lost three yeah. times. Yeah, he's like calling the judge so-called judge. Like, oh. you can't have the executive fucking around with the judiciary like that. Well, you States. can if you want to change the entire nature of the country. Yeah. And that's what... Well, if you want to attack the heart of American democracy, sure, yeah, you do that. What well, here's doing. what's going to happen is that... He, so, they put that forward, signed that bill. We yeah. knew... Everybody, they knew that that wasn't going to go through. It wasn't going to fly. And so now they knew the court was going to shut it down, and they shut it down as a, a unanimous yeah. decision. Hillary now, got a nice tweet there. Something is going to happen, like you know, not to say that George Bush was involved in nine eleven, which I think he was, but not to say that that's that a whole makes, other show. It's a whole other show. But the fact is, is that <laughs> something's going to happen now, and yeah. then they're going to say, "See, you, you, you tied my hands. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't yeah. do anything." And look what happened. Yeah. You know, another Irishman blew up a building, you know? <laughs> well, damn NRA. But we'll call him a Muslim just but because. Yeah, but we're going to call him a Muslim. Just because, yeah. The because NRA wore a tank top. ISIS. Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven needs to be making films again. Well, I don't know. After Starship Troopers, I'm not sure if that's true. Starship Troopers was amazing. It was a terrible movie. It was what? Uh, it no. was. It's fun. It's interesting to watch. I have it on my PVR record. I'm going to watch it with Holden. All right. Uh, really? Yeah. Really? People getting snapped in half by uh, bugs. Yeah. Is there? Yes. Yeah, I think it's quite. Uh, <laughs> it's Paul Verhoeven. But I recorded off TV. It's so. directed by the guy who directed that scene in Robocop. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I, I recorded off TV. What does thinking, that mean? Well, it means that it's been censored. Oh, it's been edited? Yeah. To, like, accommodate television. Okay. Are you sure right. about that? No. It's broadcast, right? Yeah, it's right. broadcast television. So. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be edited. What, like on ABC? ABC presents Starship Troopers. Tonight, Sunday movie at 9 p.m.? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Sunday if it was on American television, so. it'd be like. There'd be nothing. Oh, it's like that movie or, lasted four minutes. It was yeah. uh, 17 hours yeah. of commercials. Yeah. But uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up. 
think so. So uh, I'd like to thank uh, Chad and Ross for uh, doing another episode. Bill, you're welcome. Always. Always a pleasure. I'll just wait for Ross to um, stop <laughs> trying to do his Rubik's yeah. Cube. All that is making a sound on the recording. Yeah, you can't really Even hear that. it because you've watching and actually it's not. No, it is. Don't worry, <laughs> We're it listening is. to it. Don't worry, it is. <laughs> Don't worry, it is. It's not. Um, if you'd like to contact us about anything we talked about tonight, uh, boobs. If you want to send pics, again, I'll remind everybody, send pics. What do you think? Do you think that the world would be a better place with more boobs? Think more boobs or less boobs? More boobs. More boobs. Boobs are necessary. And uh, if, for, if reach us for any other reason, you can uh, send us an email to nerds at nerdstocking.com. You can reach us through our Twitter, which is NerdStockingPod. And our website is NerdStocking.com. And we're on Facebook if you want to search for NerdStocking. And good night. Fleeing from the Cylon tyranny, the last battle star, Galactica, leads a ragtag fugitive fleet on a lonely quest. A shining planet known as Earth. Earth.